Good evening. This is the weekly wrap for Friday, May 19th. Well, starting with the macro picture, uh, the Federal Reserve had a number of their governors come out this week and uh, continue to press their mission on getting inflation under control. Remember, there are seven governors scattered all around the country, and in any given week, uh, they will go to the press and you know, pontificate their view on the markets and what needs to be done. Um, they're mostly always, uh, for the most part, in agreement, but you know, they make for good headlines. It was interesting that Chairman Powell noted uh, today that um, with the banking crisis uh, getting a little bit more severe than what he thought, maybe that uh, they would pause on rate hikes or didn't explicitly say pause, but thought that they might have, quote, done enough. So it's interesting that he may have reinforced the idea that in June uh, we should see a pause in rate hikes that should, you know, maybe give the market a chance to breathe and get caught up uh, on interest rates and the dollar and things of that nature. So um, that would be good for the markets and get that headline out of the way for a little while here. Uh, We did get the grain corridor renewed this week. Uh, Russia and Ukraine agreed to a two-month extension. So despite all of the uh, complaining and uh, whining by uh, Russia over the last several weeks about uh, the unfairness of the sanctions and keeping the corridor open, they did renew the corridor. Most believe that it's because China wants it open. China is their one of their largest trading partners on commodities. And so now they are very much beholden to China's wishes on this grain corridor. And um, so that's why that got reopened uh, again. And so that helped provide uh, an additional catalyst this week to pressure the corn and markets, uh, wheat markets, a little bit lower. Uh, As far as China reopening, that's another thesis of ours that it continues to, I believe, ultimately drive demand for commodities higher. Most believe now that since commodities uh, haven't moved up, that it's it's a complete bust. That idea, that notion that China's reopening would be good for demand. Uh, when in reality the data is coming in supportive of that notion. We got some information from JODI, which is the Joint Organization of Data Initiative. That's a a think tank, a firm, that analysis firm that's based out of Riyadh, Saudi Arabia. And they posted that the month of March saw the highest global demand for oil ever recorded. And that that was backstopped by the International Energy Agency, the IEA, Uh, They noted uh, record high oil consumption as well, and and most of it out of China. Same thing with the Jody report. And so, you know, that that demand is up uh, 1.6 million barrels a day, month over month. And so in both cases, they were forced to raise their demand estimates higher. The International Energy Agency is a lot like our USDA. They are um, they provide information on supply and demand. Uh, most in the oil and gas industry feel that their job is just to to remain neutral and keep the information flow as neutral as possible uh, to keep the markets uh, you know tamped down and and not create any volatility. Not too dissimilar to our USDA, but even they had to ri- revise up their demand going forward. They noticed uh, in in their text as well uh, a growing uh, separation in the reality of the demand versus the market's uh, view on demand with the crushing of prices and and the lower prices and sort of the fear, the macro fear of a a recession that we've talked about for a while that has managed money being very aggressively selling off commodities and, you know, not only now short crude oil, but short the grains 
and backstopping that negativity on commodities across the board. Uh, as far as fundamental news here in the United States, we did get the, the wheat tour results. Uh, they came in at 30 bushels per acre, and that is the lowest uh, wheat yield in Kansas since 2000. It's probably actually a lot lower than that when, when you take into consideration the abandoned acres. So they didn't even try to get a yield on the abandoned acres. So to be fair, you know, you really should take that into consideration when calculating the yield, but they don't. Um, but the net result was they believe the crop will be 178 million bushels. That'll be down from 244 million last year. And that'll be the smallest wheat crop in Kansas since 1957. So, you know, as soon as that information got published and talked about, the wheat market is down a dollar a bushel week over week. So, you know, talk about your clash between fundamentals and managed money. You know, you, you, you get one of the smallest wheat crops in Kansas and Oklahoma in, you know, 50, 60, 70 years, and, and they slam it lower. So, obviously, we're not trading fundamentals in the wheat market. Many are pointing to the large Russian wheat shipments into the global market and the fact that we're not competitive in the export market. The problem with that logic is we just don't have the wheat to export. We will have the smallest stocks to use ratio in Kansas and Minneapolis wheat since 2007 and 8. And so, you know, we, we don't need the demand and we don't have the wheat for export demand. So it just depends on your view um, of whether this is bullish or bearish. And right now, managed money believes that this is bearish. Uh, we did get some good export sales uh, data again for cotton. We sold 146,000 bales. We shipped 347,000 bales. So that continues to drive the data, continues to drive us toward uh, the reality that we're going to end up closer to 3 million bales or less on the old crop carryout. Regardless of all the concerns of global demand, uh, our balance sheet continues to tighten. And so, you know, that, that dynamic played out uh, here earlier this week when the market jumped. Um, and, and now we're at, you know, we, we got above the 200-day moving average. The question was, can we hold it? We did. Um, and we're, we closed pretty close to 87 cents a pound here on the July contract. And so, you know, we've talked, you know, for a long time now about the fundamentals. We disagreed with the USDA data that they were off by over a million bales. Uh, and, and now, all of a sudden, late in the game, they've decided to, to move their data to reflect that. And unfortunately, the guy that loses in that scenario is the farmer. When the USDA does not come clean with data in a timely enough manner, uh, it just wears the farmer out. This data was well known by the market early and should have been reflected in the balance sheets. But they choose, willingly choose, to not report the data until the very end. And unfortunately, the farmer suffers. Uh, managed money uh, did get very aggressive in selling wheat, uh, corn, and beans this week. They have broken the backs of the charts technically. I thought there was a distinct possibility with that aggression in the grains. We would see that in cotton. That did not happen. Uh, in fact, what got exposed was apparently somebody is caught short that July-December spread. Uh, I think the thought process there was that there were a lot of farmers sitting on cotton that needed to be priced. And so somebody in the market built out a large short on the July contract and probably hedged that by being long the December. And that spread has literally blown up in their face. And now they seem to be caught. 
And we talked earlier in the week about how far that, you know, what that means for the price of cotton. The reality is uh, when you're in a short squeeze and somebody is in trouble, it can go as high as you want. You will remember uh, a lot of guys back in the 2011-12 era where there was a large uh, short by the cash market and the managed money caught wind of it and 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 basically squeezed out of out of business some very large cotton merchants that got completely destroyed by managed money on a short squeeze we're talking about billy donovan Will Brothers, Reinhardt, a lot of long-term, very well-established cotton companies got financially destroyed on a short squeeze by managed money. So, you know, you can't take this situation too light, lightly. Uh, managed money um, is in, they're just a new reality. They're a fact of life in our business, but they have the ability to destroy markets and destroy companies that get caught on the wrong side. I'm not saying that's going to happen in this case, but just it, it, it is important to remember the power that they wield in these markets. So as it relates to the July contract, where could it go? The answer is it's really hard to tell. They, they might ease up off the gas and then refocus on you know what looks like more regular rains that are coming into West Texas that um, they're predicted for the next two or three weeks, and maybe they decide to sell off again and defend their short position in the market. This week they did relieve a little bit of their short position uh, in the cotton market. Remember, the speculators are short. But the reality is this old crop balance sheet is getting pretty tight. And a lot of things have to go absolutely perfectly from here forward in the cotton market to replenish this supply when demand is so strong. So over to corn and beans. Um, we did have a very hard technical breakdown again this week uh, following through from their sell-off uh, after the government report on Friday. And so we've seen um, export demand back off on corn and the same thing on beans. But uh, going forward, it looks like we get competitive back on soybeans uh, from Brazil with Brazil by September. And so that was a, probably a little bit quicker than anticipated. Um, we, we still have very high basis levels. We did take uh, a chunk out of the spreads this week. Uh, so some of those, we, we came off some of those highs, uh, but they were still heavily inverted. Uh, still, you know, signifying an extraordinarily tight old crop cash market. But when you get run over by the scale of the selling by managed money, these spreads and these basis level stories mean nothing. And so this gets me to um, the final you know, sort of piece of the analysis and, and how I look at the world. You know by now that I'm very, very much fundamentally driven uh, and, and those guide my views on the markets and the valuation of commodities. And that's very much a long-term view on markets. And then in the middle, we are battling technicals. We battle speculators and their view. We battle the USDA who, you know, for, for better or for worse, continues to be very slow in the movement of their data. It can be incredibly frustrating uh, to me when, when things are so, you know, obviously apparent that their data is wrong and they choose not to acknowledge it. Uh, I, think, I think quicker transparency would help. Um, you know, be, be provide for a better market. But the reality is they are who they are. The speculators are who they are. And right now their view is incredibly negative. Uh, you know, the global economy, they're worried about a recession. And so they've decided to get short commodities in, in a pretty extraordinary move. They are now short cotton and all the grains uh, going into planting. So this is going to be pretty much an unprecedented setup. 
Uh, it is starting to get dry in the upper Midwest, so the 6 to 10 and 8 to 14 day forecast have rolled over uh, pretty much in succession now for two straight weeks, uh, showing dryness in Iowa, Illinois, and Indiana. So, you know, if the funds, when they get done shorting this thing or getting out of these positions by the end of the month, and we come into June with a very dry uh, forecast, uh, things could flip very, very quickly. And so, you know, I'm basically still of the mindset that we have very, very tight old crop balance sheets across the board, and those have not been reconciled. And, and because of managed money, that story has been completely overrun. Now, it's interesting that just cotton, just this week, this one commodity decided that it wanted to trade fundamentals this week. And so it gets to the point where we just don't really know when the market wants to focus on fundamentals or when they matter. We don't get to pick that time frame, and it just exerts itself. And that's why you saw a seven-cent rally in cotton while everything else is getting hammered. Something's going on in the cotton market, and it may be the fundamentals exerting itself, overriding the psychology of all these other markets. But the final point here is that I do believe that the old crop balance sheets for grains remain incredibly tight. I do believe it's a mistake by managed money to get short growing into a growing season with these balance sheets so tight. I do believe that the oil market will exert itself at some point in the second half of this year. And I think that that will add uh, an additional catalyst to uh, a commodity rally in this summer that is either going to be small if we make a just a normal crop or it could be very big and surprise the market if we end up with any kind of weather problems and a yield reduction in these balance sheets. So again, I'm holding to all of my targets. I have no change in my view. We're just going to have to absorb this selling. Uh, they're throwing a lot of product on the market in a very short period of time. It overwhelms the market. It overwhelms the cash market. And based on the open interest figures that we have seen, the, the, the cash market the, the, has just completely backed away. And so they, they are, there's virtually nobody challenging these speculators right now in these markets, and, and they've got full reign on this thing and will for a while until the fundamentals overwhelm them. So, uh, you know, just to reiterate our pricing targets, you know, if we get anywhere near 90 cents on cotton, old crop, you know, if we get in that 87, 88, 89 area, go ahead and let it go and be done for the year. Um, no interest in doing any hedging or marketing or selling of new crop cotton until we get closer to 90 cents, which again, I believe is fair value based on the fundamentals. Uh, on the grains for old crop corn, I think fair value is a lot closer to $7, not five fifty on the July. I think old crop fair value for soybeans is closer to 15 or $16, not $13 where the market is right now. And for new crop, you know, with with uh, with these balance sheets so tight and, and no weather premium in here, uh, I have no interest, obviously, in selling anything. I still believe these corns a lot closer to fair value at six dollars, based on the balance sheets. And November beans are a lot closer to, to this thirteen fifty fourteen dollar area. But again, we're going to have to absorb uh, some selling for I, I think maybe another week here into the end of the month, and then we'll build out from there a technical base. And then we'll be on to the weather. And then the old crop cash markets will exert themselves into these markets uh, by the middle to end of the summer. Okay, that's the update. Hope you have a wonderful weekend. These are my opinions and not those of ADM or ADMIS. Take care.